Hi, friends. I've got some exciting news. Shelter in Place has been nominated in two categories for the People's Choice Podcast Awards. Voting happens only in the month of July, and the winning podcasts are selected by you, our listeners. Head to shelterinplacepodcast.info to vote, support this work, and join our Shelter in Place neighborhood. Thanks for being on this journey with us. It means a lot. Welcome to Shelter in Place, a podcast about finding daily sanity in a world that feels increasingly insane. Coming to you from Oakland, California, I'm Laura Joyce Davis. Dear Mom, for the past three weeks, I've been busy interviewing 13 women authors and reading the anthology that they wrote together, Fierce, Essays by and about dauntless women. Not surprisingly, our conversations have focused a lot on feminism and why women need to be fierce. The essays are about women in history that most of us have never heard of, even though we probably should have. There's a Chinese proverb that says women hold up half the sky. When I was growing up, you seemed to hold up more. When you weren't writing, directing, and building sets for 4-H musicals, or supervising four kids in Suzuki piano, or designing a small group curriculum for the junior high youth group, or lecturing hundreds of women on the finer points of biblical theology, all of that under the deceptive umbrella of volunteer work, you were teaching me to separate egg whites from the yolks, how to whip them into the stiff peaks of a meringue how to fold in the flavoring so the cake would be as light and delicious as a sugary cloud. You also taught me to be empowered and independent. I could make that angel food cake from scratch all by myself before I was 10 years old. I can remember sheepishly telling my friends in high school that you were a home ec major in college. But looking back now, I see that I was underselling you. This wasn't just about the things you would do with an apron on, though we did that too. It was about managing a household, managing a life. The organizational skills I learned in life came from you. I still map out my grocery list in categories, produce, dairy, frozen, canned, grains, miscellaneous. It makes the work go faster. One of my childhood friends told me recently that she remembers you being very strict, and it was true. Looking back, I appreciate those boundaries, and also the way that you let me bump against them when I needed to. It was you who taught me to breathe deeply and to count to ten when I was angry. You who talked to me about sex and drugs, about a faith with freedom to doubt. You did all of this while Dad was working long hours, often not rolling in until it was night, sometimes disappearing into the hospital for whole weekends. You must have felt overwhelmed and even isolated, being alone with us so much of the time. But what I remember most are the passionate kisses that you'd give Dad when he'd come home from work, and the pizza and movie nights when we were all together. You were there for me when I learned that strength can be empowering, but also isolating. At 14, I proudly recounted to you how I'd done 220 push-ups, beating out all of the high school boys in a contest. You were not surprised when a friend told me that boys were intimidated by me a sharp pain that would extend throughout my upbringing. You were frank with me about our world's reluctance to embrace strong women, how there would be people who would not appreciate what I had to say. 
It took a long time for me to find a man who did not find my strength off-putting, who would celebrate and even amplify my voice. The irony of my upbringing is that even as you warned me about feminism's dangers, you modeled many of its virtues. You were the undisputed leader in our house, independent, strong, and capable. Only when I learned from my college women's studies class that feminism wasn't about hating men, but about empowering women, did I understand that I learned feminism first from you. My own definition of feminism has evolved a lot over the years, and I've seen you evolve too. It's something I've long appreciated about you, that you don't let yourself get stuck in one idea. You're willing to grow and change and be challenged, and you taught me to be open to those things too. Together, we've watched this world change a lot in my lifetime. We've had some hard conversations, and many good ones too. I'm grateful that you've always welcomed those talks, that you've pushed me hard to think critically and to accept that it's okay if I don't have all the answers. Today I read a story by the Women and Foreign Policy Program titled Women's Power Index. It said that when women make up a critical mass of legislatures, around 25 to 30 percent, they're more likely to change established conventions and policy agendas. Women are more likely to cross party lines to find common ground. Female lawmakers are more likely to advocate for policies that support education and health. The article goes on to say that when women are leaders, countries become more stable. They write, within countries, women's parliamentary representation is associated with a decreased risk of civil war and lower levels of state-perpetuated human rights abuses, such as disappearances, killings, political imprisonment, and torture. Indeed, in post-conflict Rwanda, where over 50% of parliamentarians are female, lawmakers have supported inclusive decision-making processes that promote reconciliation efforts at the local level. Reading the statistics behind those statements, I realized that I wasn't surprised, because you've been modeling these things for me all my life. You've taught me that health and education are non-negotiables, that any good relationship requires finding common ground. You've worked hard to give our home stability, even when you had to do it alone. You saw places not just in our family, but in society where help was needed, and you stepped in. You taught me a feminism that was empowered but gracious, that didn't discount the value of men but also didn't shy away from the reality that we have a long way to go when it comes to equality and mutual respect. Even as you taught me to be firm in my convictions and speak up loudly for what was right, you also taught me that there were times when what I needed to do was listen. Not because I was a woman, but because all relationships require this. We can't get anywhere in this world if all we do is shout. Now that I'm raising my own girls, I think a lot about what they're learning from me. I'm trying to teach them the things I learned first from you, that what matters most in the women they become isn't their appearance, but their character. I'm trying to teach them that they are capable and strong, that their ideas matter, that they matter. There are sins to be forgiven, scales that need to be balanced. Maybe my girls will be part of that balancing. I hope my boy will be part of it too.
Thank you for giving me the gift of a feminism that celebrates both my femininity and my fierceness. The gift of sanity I'm finding my way toward today that I learned first from you is that feminism isn't just one thing. Like any good thing in life, it requires nuance. It pushes us to continue to evolve. It shows us that there are times to speak and times to listen, times to be forgiving and times to be fierce. The women I've spoken to this past week are embracing their fierceness in so many different ways. Some of those ways are familiar to me. Others are new. It's been a joy to listen and learn. As different as these conversations have been, we're all searching for the same thing. We're all figuring out how to be fierce, how to be seen, how to find our way to a world where we are all valued and celebrated. Thank you for showing me that first. Love, Laura. Thanks for listening in on this open letter to my mom. For the next five episodes, I'll be sharing my conversations with the women from Fierce. I hope you enjoy them as much as I did. Before I go, I'd like to thank a few of our newest sponsors of Shelter in Place. Elena Lovo, thank you for being the unofficial caterer of Shelter in Place. In this time of thin living, your meals have been the bright spot we look forward to, the sustenance that gets us through another week. You've taught me so much about what real community looks like. I'm so grateful for your friendship and support. Jen McKillips, thank you for being a true friend who talked with me about stuff that matters from the very beginning. From our very first conversation about the 15 things, to discussions about my novel, to parenting advice just last week, your willingness to get real is precious to me. You're also one of the super moms who show me a feminism that is bigger than stereotypes. Gabrielle Edgel, in the long line of strong women who've shaped me, you stand tall. You're smart, tough, gracious, and wise, but haven't lost the art of laughing about all of it. Thank you for believing in me and encouraging me over and over again. I'm still learning from you how to be fierce. If you've enjoyed today's episode, I hope you'll subscribe wherever you listen and share it with a friend. If you listen on iTunes, Stitcher, or another platform that allows you to rate and review, leaving a quick note about what you enjoyed helps others to find us and makes this work possible, both now and beyond the pandemic. Shelter in Place is proud to be sponsored by Brick and Mortar, old world style wines with California roots. Their wines can be found at Michelin star restaurants like the French Laundry and Meadowood. You can find their canned wines at Safeway stores in Northern California. Use the code SHELTER when you order from brickandmortarwines.com to get 10% off and support the show. As always, you can find show notes for today's episode as well as ways to support the show at shelterinplacepodcast.info. The Shelter in Place music was created by Chase Horseman at Reactor Productions. Tamara Kimsley is our associate producer. Nate Davis is our creative director. And Sarah Edgel is our design director. Until tomorrow, this is Shelter in Place. I'm Laura Joyce Davis.